You're going to meow podcast network. Hey, everybody. This is April. I am your host for Bless Your Heart on the You Gonna Meow podcast network. You can reach me at april at com. You can find our show and many shows from the network at com, And you can find us on all social media at... Uh, at their web address slash you gonna meow. Um, also, while you're at our website, be sure to check out our other shows. Uh, we have two new shows. We have No Dog, uh, No Dog Radio, which is coming in August. Uh, we have Angelically Challenged, which started at the very beginning of July. You'll get your second episode here coming up next week. And don't forget VHS Vengeance with Nick Puente and Dave Lowry and uh, The Boo Ha Ha with Emily Faye Coleman. Plenty of stuff to listen to, all genres. Check it out, find it, see what you like, tell your friends. So today, and bless your heart, I have one of my favorite people uh, from the Portland comedy scene who... um, is a uh, a southern boy as well. He's one of my favorite. We we in fact, if you listen to the last bless your heart, uh, Tyler got um, slammed on by uh, Kevin Perez a couple of times. So um, and I for the life of me, as I sit here and look at you, Tyler, I can't remember what they were. I just remember I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to tell Tyler he saw, you got slammed. I was not aware of that. Yeah. I did not know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to that now. I that literally got recorded last night. <laughs> So, I see. so, so not released yet. That's not released yet. It releases the week before this one. So, I see, I see. July first. It goes out on July first. Well, Kevin's okay. been out there telling my uh, bus rapper story incorrectly. I found out he's oh, been no. telling people his favorite bit of mine, but saying that wrong. So I don't. He's. I don't think he's a middle aged dad, but he's certainly <laughs> acting like one already. He. He. Well, you know what? It, it's flattery. We, isn't it? Isn't it funny when you hear somebody go, "I love your bit about the thing that does the stuff," and you're like, "No, it didn't go." that way at all i don't know what you're talking about the first time i talked to eric edquist he was like your story about your tinder date in vancouver i was like i don't think i have one of those (laughs) whatsoever man but the middle-aged dad thing my my dad um always misquotes his favorite quote-unquote snl sketches back to me where he'll (laughs) it's the harry carey one with will ferrell and he'll be like what's your favorite planet i love the sun and i'm like that's not that's not (laughs) how it goes I don't know that one, so I'll just have to take your dad's (laughs) word on that one. Okay, so Tyler Landon Mays, a a a a co-southerner. I don't know how should I say another a fellow southerner. Mm -hmm, mm I don't know. You don't you don't view being a southerner as um, coming out of a war zone kind of like I do. You seem to be happy to go back and visit from time to time. Indeed. Well, I think that there are. um, I was talking about this earlier with a friend, actually, like the. The schism, I think, that's happening in the Republican Party, I think, has been going on for a long time in the Southern culture overall mm-hmm. um, between uh, not to get too personal into family stuff, but to uh, to see like the attitudes of people from, let's say, you know, my great grandparents and back versus the fact that there are interracial relationships and the such in my family now. I think that there's a real split between people in the South that are stuck to this very strange neo-Confederate thinking, which is weird to me because the Civil War was only four years out of hundreds of years of Southern history. And the people that are I don't know. I guess the people that realize how multicultural really Southern culture is supposed to be. Right. Um, 
and I don't know, people that are just sick of de- like, um, there was this, I'm going to ramble for a second here, yeah, but it. there was this, uh, pod or not podcast, but, a a documentary about these two girls called, they were in a band called Prussian blue. I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary, but they were two girls who were taught Nazism by their mom. They were, I think in Mississippi. Wow. Um, so their mom like wrote white supremacist lyrics for them and they would they were only like 10 years old and they would sing these songs at like Holy you know God. white power like you know folk gatherings and stuff like that and now they've like grown up and you know renounced all this stuff but um, I'll never forget the scene in the documentary where they go up is after a hurricane and they go around to try to give aid to people like in the affected hurricane zone and attached to the boxes is this, is this letter that says like they're only giving aid to white Americans because they're the only true Americans. And one after another, these people look at the box and go, wait, so you're not helping black people? And they're like, no, we're just handing out you know goods to fellow white people to show white brotherhood. And they're like, oh, get the fuck off my lawn. Then. <laughs> like... <laughs> like either help everybody or go yeah. away yeah so i think people forget that there are a lot of people in the south that are tired of of having to live in a society with the other sort of southerners that uh we have gotten too used to i think yeah well you know what and it's also that like squeaky wheel thing it's 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 what everybody pays attention to mm-hmm. um i always tell the story about my brother my brother uh johnny was uh he was uh, known to have his racist ways um but then years later, I start dating Damon, who is, his family is like, his dad's like got Spanish and they're from Louisiana and there's there's all kinds of mixed mm-hmm. mixed blood in there. And Damon in the summertime can turn really dark and he had like super curly hair. And so he looked like he was at least half black. And and when mom, when he was introduced to my dad and my brothers, it was kind of, they had to be forewarned like, okay, look, mm-hmm. he's going to be a little darker than you're used to. Um, but his mom and dad are white, so chill out, you know? And so that kind of eased it, I think, for my brothers for a little while, at least until they got to know him and then they were okay with it. But then uh, one day we were sitting around, I forgot something. We were, it was right after 9-11 and my brother Johnny goes, hey, uh, were you guys able to fly with no problem? And we were like, yeah, why? And he's like, well, you know, with, you know, Damon being French Canadian and all. And we were like, what (laughs) and he's like well because he's french canadian it took me forever to figure out he meant cajun (laughs) because david's dad is from louisiana he's french canadian french it's it's a mix of french and black he meant cajun yeah it's cajun so my husband's french canadian and is on a no-fly list yeah i don't think i don't think a lot of people realize um I've realized living here that a lot of people that don't grow up in the South don't know much about Southern culture. I have jokes about it that I won't sit here and do. But um, but it's like, yeah, they don't realize that there's this like Catholic French, um, you know, core of people in Louisiana that mm-hmm. it is like, I don't know, people come from even within my family. If I look back at uh, when we did our family trees and stuff, um, not to shit on my mom's side of the family, but they are more English descent from central Virginia, most likely somebody in there were slave owners Um and then on my dad's side of the family, we're talking about Scots-Irish people that have lived in the mountains six, since the 1600s. They've been poor as shit for 400 years. Yeah. Um, it is a very different culture 
um, even within the South that I don't think people really pick up on is like the difference between people that live in the mountains of Tennessee and mm -hmm. the people that live in Myrtle Beach. Those are not the same. Oh, yeah. Sort of <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are two totally different groups of people. Yeah. Because that's like, there's like, there's man, there's a big difference between like mountain folk and trailer folk. For and sure. Like, yeah, there's a completely, it's, it's all um, a different thing. You know what though, Tyler? Uh, we did not talk about your social media. Is there any oh, yeah, social yeah. media you would like to put out there? Uh, just my Instagram really. Uh, that's the easiest way to get through to me. Um, okay. It's your dog loves me. No, my Instagram name. And I take it your dog walker <laughs> <laughs> loves yeah. with the uh, o, o v e s loves your dog loves me. Okay, I got mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So I explained to you the whole point of bless your heart. Um, basically, it's just me leaning into my southernism. It really doesn't mean anything, but I do try to get people to stick to the storylines if they're I good storytellers, you. and you are. So thank you. Um, you said you have a story about Indiana Jones. Okay. Or do you want to do the husky jeans first? Um, no, I've got a. Uh, I've got a few here I've written down. Mm -hmm. um, Indiana Jones, I'll start with. So that was when I bring up this story now, my dad gets really defensive and he was like, I was trying to do something nice. And I was like, no, I'm not mad at you. I think it's adorable, but it's a story that needs to be told. <laughs> so when I was about three or four, I became just totally obsessed with Indiana Jones. Like, like I don't know. Do. Yeah. Um, my brother was all about Star Wars at the time, but for me, it was Indiana Jones was like God to me. And I was not old enough to grasp that this was not a real human being. Um, so I started writing letters to Indiana Jones at like three or four years old. And my dad, not having the heart to tell me, um, he started writing back to me. He would take the letters out of the mailbox when I wasn't looking and he would write back. And then he, uh, he it would be like two or three pages making up all of these. My dad's a pretty good storyteller, too. Your dad's amazing. <laughs> and he's pretty good at making up bullshit on the fly as well. So he oh, would that's write a out, southern gift. Yeah. So like a week after I would put these letters in the mail, there'd be one back to me. And it would, you know, he would just, you know, have the fake address up in the corner where it came from, you know, Cairo, Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd open it up and it'd be all these tales of Indiana Jones's adventures. And then he used to go uh, to this... I don't think it was an Egyptian restaurant because I really doubt those existed in Ashland, Virginia at the time. But it was <laughs> a restaurant near my dad's work owned by an Egyptian man. And this guy had a bunch of Egyptian money and my dad got... He asked this guy for some of it and, my, and the guy gave him just a whole bag of coins. And my dad, over a year maybe, uh, maybe a year and a half, I don't know exactly how long this went on, but he would put five or six of those coins into... The, you know, in the envelope with the letter. And I was thinking I was getting, you know, coins from around the world. Right. And I had this collection of Indiana Jones letters and... Do you still have them? Um, at my parents' house, I do. Okay, somewhere. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm realizing a lot of the stories that you're probably going to hear from people are going to be like, mine are going to be more wholesome, I think, than most. That's um, why I like you, Tyler. <laughs> you so, give me hope sometimes just listening plenty, to you on stage. Well, if we have time, we'll end with some of the stories that make my family look uh, not as, <laughs> as wholesome. Make it quick. I don't know if your dad will want to hear that. Do you think your parents will listen to this? Because it sounds like your brother's already set you up and sent your dad towards your YouTube page. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they enjoyed it. They looked That's at it. That's good. When I said to my my mom I was like I was kind of you know worried that you might be like sensitive about some of the material she was like oh no well I have heard jokes before and I was <laughs> like oh, okay sorry <laughs> uh, so they were cool with it finally um, but let's see so I got these letters you know I get these letters back from my dad and then I end up going to kindergarten 
as you do mm-hmm. if things work out <laughs> and uh, through preschool. And so through preschool, I'd been doing this and I'd never brought it up to any friends or anything. And then we get to <laughs> kindergarten and it's um, so it's not until February of my kindergarten year that this happens. And I know that because we were supposed to write letters to somebody that we loved. And the first person to pop in my head was my friend, Indiana Jones. So we're sitting there working on this stuff. And I remember like cutting out a heart at like other people are like writing to their parents or their grandmother. And I'm like, yeah, my friend, Indiana. And he sends me money. Yeah. He sends me money all the time. Um, they're like, wait a minute, Gold Tyler, coins. tell us about this man that sends you yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. What? Do your parents your know about this? Your pen pal? So at one point, the teacher comes up and asks me, you know, just to check on me. And she looks over my shoulder and she's like, who are you writing this? And I, I mean, who are you writing this to? And I was like, to my friend, Indiana. And she was like, you have a friend named Indiana? I was like, Indiana Jones. There's movies about him. And these two other kids at the table next to me, just one of them just goes, What? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I guess at five years old, some kids are like slightly more mature than others, you know, brains are going to develop faster. It had never occurred to me that this was a movie character still. Mm -hmm. And I guess this kid beside me, he was old enough to know like, what the fuck? So as soon as I said that, he goes, Indiana Jones isn't real. And my teacher is like, leave him alone. Leave Tyler (laughs) alone. And I'm sitting there like not able to mentally grasp exactly what's going on because I'm like, Yes, he is. Like, he sends me letters all the time. He's, there's movies about him, you idiot. Like, what do you mean he's not... Re- this kid hasn't seen the movies yet, is you what I'm thinking. You box of letters. So, That's the problem. I feel like this was my, is Santa real moment that other kids have? I went home that day, and when I saw my parents, I was like, is Indiana Jones real? <laughs> <laughs> and just this look on their face like, oh, shit. <laughs> this had to happen someday. And my yeah. dad was like, well, you know, he's real... If you think he's real. <laughs> so, so wait a minute. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one older brother. His name is Brian. He's four years older than me. Okay. So your parents just had you two boys. Yep. yep. They are so... Now for two people to raise two boys, mm-hmm. were, were you guys like ran, rambunctious, like horrible children that beat on each other? For or? sure. Oh, okay. And what's funny about it is I... When I was growing up and like in my early 20s, I thought that I was like looking back on my youth. I was like, me and my brother were like really good kids. We were like really well behaved. And then once we, I started telling these stories to people or my, par- like, and then no, my we parents were-, were like, you were not well behaved. Are you fucking kidding me? I'll never forget one time my parents coming out while me and my friend Kyle had just dug a trench in our gravel driveway and filled it with gasoline and had just lit it on fire and we're baffled. That they were mad at me for that. I was like, what? We dug a trench. Like, it's We fireproof. did all the safety rules <laughs> exactly. the Boy Scouts have taught us. So, like, one story that gets told a lot in my family is that when we were at Myrtle Beach, um, when I was probably six years old, um, we were in this, like, room that was kind of attached to the lobby of the, uh, of the like, condo complex. Mm-hmm. So my brother, he grabs, you know, I'm six, so he's about ten. My brother is like, okay, I'm going to put something on your back. Then I want you to run through the lobby like a dinosaur. And I was just like, okay. I just like, fine, whatever. (laughs) Bored suburban children at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So what my brother grabs and puts on my back is the plunger from the bathroom. Yeah. 
which hey, I was too young brothers. to know exactly. Exactly. So my brother takes the plunger, sticks it on my back, and he's like, go. And I run through the lobby of this like condo complex where there's like plenty of people hanging out, you know, and it's like an open air sort of area. And there's like the, uh, the receptionist sitting there. And I run through like a fucking velociraptor. And just, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Clever he, girl. And I run right into my mom and just the look <laughs> on her face. It's like I'm in nothing but shorts. I'm shoeless, shirtless with a plunger on my back running around screaming in a <laughs> hotel lobby. Um, the, so, the only thing worse would be if you'd had like somebody strap on on your head and was like, I'm a unicorn, yeah. you know, and then exactly. your mom would have been like, okay, these kids yeah. are retarded. And at that same, like, this is also gross, but on, <laughs> thinking back to it in that in that hotel in other years when we had a room that was like up on the fifth floor or something. If we were getting out of the pool or the ocean and going upstairs to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. we wouldn't go upstairs to the room. We would just get in the, into the elevator and just pee in the elevator. <laughs> and then we would just ride it back down and then just walk. And we didn't think twice about that. If my brother showed me to do it, he was like, just keep your shorts on, just pee. You know, you're still dripping water. So no one's going to know. And then just get off and go back. I was like, cool. That's how you pee at the beach. And it never didn't occur to me till years later. I was like, that's not cool. Why you didn't you just pee in the water? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because our parents were like, you need to go upstairs. Because my mom is the sort. She's so like um, organized that like every two hours, she's like, go upstairs, go to the bathroom, put on more sunscreen. So we'd be like, trudge up there, pretend like we're going upstairs. Would have taken an extra 45 seconds to actually just go to the bathroom. Just Yeah. But that's, yeah. that is time you don't have when you're 10 years old. Indeed. That is definitely time you don't have when you're 10 years old. That's good. You know what? My uh, sister had um, two boys and they were, um, they were actually super tight. And mm-hmm. I can tell you two stories about them. I'll give you the quick rendition of them. Basically, here's the one where you worry about boys. Like you're wondering if they're going to kill each other. She, my sister said she was standing at her kitchen window and she heard um, one kid on one side of the house and another one on the other one go fine just shoot i dare (laughs) you and so my sister said she comes screaming out of the house like jesse no and jesse had a bb gun and bobby was like shoot me come on or it was the other way around i don't remember (laughs) but then she also tells a story about one time where she heard them sitting on the back porch discussing a video game that another kid had that they couldn't get away from them and that they were like creating like a gameplay they were like all right this is what you're gonna do you're gonna to go to the front door and knock i'm gonna go to the back door he'll come out the back you flush him out i'll beat the shit out of him and my, <laughs> and my sister's like i was so proud and so happy how they were working together yep. to like solve a problem but she was like i couldn't let him go beat this kid up <laughs> when I'll, I'll never forget when my, um when i was about 10 so my brother's 14 his uh friend kevin went <laughs> hopefully kevin's parents never somehow find this podcast um but my fr- my brother's uh, best friend Kevin went out of town, so my brother knows that they're gone for like two weeks at the beach. So on the first day they're gone, we go over to their house, and my brother takes um, a letter opener he brought from our house, and he opens up their basement window, and we slot we break in their house, and we take all of their video game systems, and we bring them back over <laughs> to our house. And my mom comes home and looks at all this, goes, "Well, where the hell did you get all these?" And my brother was like, I borrowed them from Kevin. They're out of town. She was like, oh, okay. 
And then my brother was like, we got to take them back before the maps get home. So like 10 days later or whatever, when they're going to come home, we broke back into their house, returned all of their video game system. Again, it's never occurred to me that this is not okay to do. That right. it's not okay to break into someone's house and take all their shit while they're gone as long as you return it. So just one after another, these stories of stuff my brother and I did where it did not occur to me that I was... Because my brother did it, I was like, well, that's what you do. When well, you're... you do. Yeah, you <laughs> hang out with your brother and you do your things. Yeah, and Whatever totally. he does. Thank God he uh, he started going down a slightly better path, I guess. So <laughs> so he just kind of pulled you into a slightly better path? Is that <laughs> well, what Yeah, but we could have been much worse than we were, even though we did some, uh, some truly crazy shit, that's for sure. I think we all did weird, crazy shit when yeah. we were kids. Well, yeah, you're saying the definitely. thing about hearing from the just shoot from the bath or from the kitchen window or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember this, but my mom has a story about when I was really little, um, her hearing me screaming from the backyard. And she looks out the, the kitchen window and my brother and my dad have pulled my shirt over my head and they're dragging me <laughs> through the mud in the backyard after a big rainstorm. And my dad and my brother are just laughing their asses off while I'm like screaming for help. And my mom runs out and she like, goes up to her husband, who's probably 34 when this happened. Torturing like, a small child. What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, well, we were having fun. <laughs> like what? <laughs> So your mom had three children is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that, um, you, you were talking about Indiana Jones. I was going to go back and tell you, like, um, we had a rule in my house. My mom, for some reason, had this really big thing about Santa Claus. Like, um, it was really important to her to keep Santa Claus going mm -hmm. well after we should have <laughs> had Santa Claus going. And my brother Nick is famous for being the one who, he's the oldest, that went to mother kind of like in... Um, see, cause, and, and, and I'm sure you've heard me say this on stage. I was born 18 years after my oldest mm -hmm. brother. So all my brothers and sisters basically grew up together. And then just as they're all leaving home, I was born. Yeah. So all these stories I have about them are just them. It has nothing to do with me. But Nick <laughs> went to mom and he was like, is Santa Claus real? And my mom was like, well, I'll tell you. When you stop believing in him, he quits coming. And I'm telling you, I didn't leave home until I was 23. And Santa Claus came to see me every year. I woke up on Christmas morning, and I would have a pile of shit just nice. from Santa Claus. So I I'm love 40. Santa Claus. I do, too. I'm 47. <laughs> he still comes to see me. I, don't I love Christmas. I love Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. I think my brother, uh, right before they had their first kid, I'll never forget my brother saying to me, he was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to lie to my child. We're not going to do the whole Santa Claus thing. And my mom from the other room goes, like hell, you're not doing the Santa Claus thing. <laughs> Your mom must have just amazing hearing because you <laughs> also tell a story about you being uh, working in uh, weed retail. Mm-hmm. And you tell a joke about how your mom overheard you trying to get out yeah. of telling your grandmother? No, it was my grandmother's friends. Okay, try, asking, yeah. Yeah, what do you do out in Oregon for a living? And I'm just sitting there like, you know, just a little retail shop, that whole thing. And yeah, they keep pressing me. And then my what mom, I guess she was just lasered in from the other side of the room. She goes, he sells marijuana, okay? And I was like, <laughs> Jesus. And the look that those old people get, like 85-year-old Virginians, when they hear he sells marijuana, it's like they its like they just said he's a pimp or something yeah. like that. He's got five no, hookers he controls in the back prostitutes right now. for a living. Right. <laughs> like a we thing. have three women tied up in the barn <laughs> right now. He won't yeah, let them go. They looked at me like I was just, oh, oh, he's a criminal. And I was like, well, no, illegal there. I'm a legal criminal. So. Well, that reminds me, uh, one of the things, one of the stories about Southern men making up bullshit that affects their grandchildren forever. Mm -hmm. There's two things about my grandfather that he said to me when I was a kid. 
once we were at the beach and he put seaweed all over his feet and then got up and walked around and I was like, what are you doing? I was probably five and he was, and me and my cousins are all sitting there and he's like, these are seaweed sandals. These are how sandals are made. You got to put them around your feet and then the seaweed dries and then you have sandals. And I was just like young enough where I was like, that doesn't sound right. But my grandpa's okay. telling me, mm -hmm. so, okay, sandals are made out of seaweed. <laughs> and the other was when he showed us his belly button one day and he was like, you get a belly button when you get shot in the uh, in the belly with an arrow. That's what uh, that's how you get your belly button. And we were like all looked down at ours. And he's like, yep, when you were a baby, they had to hold you up in the hospital. They do it real soft, but then they get you in the belly with an arrow and then you got a belly button. I believed that until I was probably 10. <laughs> Where do they come up with this stuff? I wow. Know. I was just bored. Just wandering yeah, around the just, house. Yeah. Looking for reasons. It's like, I want a lot of these children. I, I don't know, I, but it's really funny. I, um, I've often complained about how Southerners, like adult Southerners treat children, and then I find myself doing it completely 100%, <laughs> um, lying to them, making shit up. And, mm. like, um, I have a friend here in Portland who has a little boy, and, like, um, in my family, it's that, you know, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't pick on you type of thing. Do you mm. know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep, of course. <laughs> and if you're particularly sensitive to it, like I am, um, it grates on you over time. Mm -hmm. um, but you still pick up the habit of doing it to other people because you're used yeah. to it. And so one day um, I had taught – uh, Atticus to take this little spotter or something and to push it at my husband and Damon went, Oh, you know, I made a big deal about being frightened, you know, and it was ha ha ha. It was really yeah. funny. So then of course, like little kids do, he has to do it to everybody and everybody accommodated <laughs> yeah. him and was like, Oh, I'm so scared. Yeah. And he waited to come to me last. And I was standing outside next to a picnic table and he came up and he got up on the picnic seat next. So he was eye level with me. And when I turned and looked at him, I, of course I knew he was there. He was holding that spotter and i let a horror film style scream mm -hmm. like so loud go in his face and it just blew his hair back <laughs> and he stopped for a half a beat and went <gasps> and the look on his face as you could tell it was gonna go one way or the other and, yeah. and i started laughing but i admit i started laughing because i'm an evil horrible person and i thought it was funny to scare a little kid and oh, then this. he started laughing <laughs> And then I was like, okay, well, we saved it by accident, but we saved it. So There is a video of me when I'm like three or four where I go up to a jack-o'-lantern and stick my tongue in its mouth and everybody in my family starts cracking up. And for the next 10 minutes, they encourage me to do it while one of them, while my dad videotapes me making out with the pumpkin. And they thought it was the funniest damn thing in the world. So and yeah, you, you mess with little kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just stuff to have for when they get older. So how funny okay so um we are right at um within about five minutes of being at the 30 minute mark and we can go as long as you would like to go gotcha well because i told got... you i'm gonna put you in an uber like a like a one night stand when we're done <laughs> <laughs> let's see what time it is now okay let's do one more story and then we'll okay. wrap it up it's the uh i can listen to yeah. you all day so you do it well, this is another thing about not realizing until I was in my mid-20s or so what a certain phrase actually meant. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's husky, husky sized pants or husky clothing. <laughs> Which my mom started getting for me when I was probably in fourth or third grade. And I didn't realize meant you were a fat kid until I was like 25. When somebody mentioned to me, I was talking about, I think I showed somebody like a picture of me in elementary school. It was my friend Neil, maybe. And they were like, oh, you were a fat kid. And I go, no, I wasn't fat. I was husky. And he goes, well, what do you think that means? And I was like, that means that you're like a, a strong boy. <laughs> like you're... 
Yeah, you know, you're not you're not a skinny little kid, but you're not you're not you uh, overweight either. Yeah. yeah, you're just a tough guy. You're a good strong boy. <laughs> and then he was like, "No, that means that's just a nice way of saying that you're an overweight kid." And then I remember calling my mom and being like, "When you told me that we weren't getting that we were going to a special store for husky clothing. I was like, you sold that real well because I'm just now realizing. Was your mom a salesperson throughout her life? Because it sounds like she was amazing no, she used to be a, at telling lies. She used to be a nurse. Maybe that plays into it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. See, but, see, I have so many nurses in my family, and they will look you in the eye and be like, yeah, it won't hurt. It won't hurt yep. but yeah, they lie like nobody's business. Yep, she so. was a nurse and then a sex ed teacher. I don't know if you've heard my bit about yes. that either. Yeah. She, uh, tell it if you want to tell it. I love it. Yeah, it's just that um, when I, so my mom was my sex ed teacher. And um, <laughs> so she, yeah, became a sex ed teacher in the county where I went to school. And then like the next year, uh, you know, when I was, you know, actually starting to take sex ed, she's still the teacher. So this kid asked, or my mom mentioned that we were going to be talking about practicing abstinence. And this kid raised his hand and asked, well, you know, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, I guess he'd never heard it. And then my mom goes, <laughs> Why don't you ask? She said, phrased it somehow like this. Why don't you ask Tyler? He practices abstinence every day. And I've, that gets a good laugh on stage. But what I've realized is some people don't. My brother, when I brought that joke up to him, he was like, Does everybody get you're talking about masturbation? And I was like, No. Some people think it's just a joke about that I was like an eighth grader not having sex, like that I was practicing abstinence by not having a girlfriend. I was like, no, she was making a beating off joke is what she was doing (laughs) in front of all the other people in my class. I love your mother. I want to meet your mother someday. I love your mother. She'd get like fired for that these days. There'd be definitely an article or two about it. It was inappropriate. Oh yeah. There was a, there was a teacher I went to high school with that. um, He was a science teacher no, history teacher, who got fired about five or six years after I left for making... Mm-hmm. But he was known for his inappropriate comments to everybody, not just girls, but everybody. Yeah. But he made some sort of comment about, like, some girl came dressed as cat girl or something, and he made some sort of comment about petting a pussy oh, in class. Lord. Yeah, and boom, fired. Yeah. yeah, we had a gym teacher, Mr. Vevelacqua. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Bevelacqua. You were the history te- the cool government teacher. <laughs> Mr... <laughs> It's not, this is not the right name, but maybe that's fine. It's something like Mr. Ferdinand, but I know that's not it. <laughs> Somebody that went to my high school can can correct me. He was the ninth grade gym teacher with a multicolored mustache. This guy grew a mustache and it was like blonde, red, black, brown, every hair color that's possible. His mustache was like a rainbow. It was weird. Wow. Like a, a weird, not fun rainbow. Um, <laughs> but he got fired or... I can't remember if he was just suspended or fired for um, this girl mentioned that her mom had a miscarriage because she was upset about it in class, I guess. And she told the whole class what had happened. And then his response was, this is so awful <laughs> fucking repeating this. I didn't realize till now how truly horrible this is to say to somebody. This is going to make me laugh. I'm going to pull this uh, mic away from he my said, face. He said, she mentioned it. And then he goes, um, you know, this is secondhand. Obviously I wasn't there, but he said, if, if it was, you know, it wouldn't have died if it was my baby or something like that. Maybe your mom should come to me next time. Something <laughs> like that. And they're what like, you're fired. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you psycho. Can't say that. Um, God, there was somebody else. Oh, I was going to tell you, did you see the thing I posted on Facebook about the uh, art teacher I had in high school that got... No. Um, okay. So I didn't, my art teacher, I took... <laughs> my 12th grade year, I had to fill one more credit. So I took arts and crafts. 
which was the most fun ever. I, it was my first class of the day, so I would just get high on the way to school. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, mom, you're just now hearing that. My friend, my friend Jack, I won't say his last name, but my friend Jack was a Boy Scout who has still never smoked weed in his life, but he loved the mechanics of the gravity bong. So I'd pick him up on the way to school and he would get the whole bong situation set up for me. We'd stop at a light and I would take a bong hit on the way to school, like three of them. (laughs) And then, um, and then he'd throw the water out of the car window, deconstruct the bong and hide it under the front seat and all that shit. I'm so glad drug dogs never came. Um, I definitely would have been fucked. But so I'd go into arts and crafts for my first class today. It's so much fucking fun. But our, our teacher, Mr. Murmur was this old Marine he wasn't super, he was like 40 at the time, but he used to be a Marine. He was like super strict. He was a fun guy, but like he was a no nonsense sort of teacher. Like one guy, one kid got in huge trouble for like drawing mushrooms on his, like one of his art things. And he's like, I know what the fuck that's supposed to be. I know it's shrooms. So like he was a, you guys aren't fucking around in this class sort of teacher. And then like two years after I leave high school, we find out that he's been fired because it's become known there's a video of him on YouTube wearing a disguise. He's got the the fake nose with the glasses and the mustache. Thing. Okay, so not a good disguise. And he's on a TV show in California. So he's got like a turban on and these things. <laughs> but like I knew this guy's tattoos. So as soon as I saw this video, because it was still like students were passing it around and being like, is this Mr. Murmur from fucking Monacan? And we're looking at it and people are like, no, it's not him. I'm like, he's got the fucking USMC tattoo on his arm so Um. i'm pretty sure that's him and another thing he changed his name for the um for this show to hide his identity from steven murmur to stan murmur so i don't think he was trying super hard to not be found i don't understand that so it is found there's this video of him on youtube and he's on this show in california showing that how he paints with his penis, his balls, and his butt cheeks. How he creates the so he's in a thong and they're like, We're just gonna have him do a butt cheek painting since he can't do how he usually does it. And I'm like and they show all of his other paintings that he has for sale online and they're all like the they're flowers and stuff. Pretty good actually. I yeah. Like, it's a neat art. But yeah. you can tell that they're all just his dick and his balls dipped in paint and then just pressed against canvases you can see the shape of it and we were all like oh my fucking god mr murmur is like a dick painter and he got fired for it unfortunately and then he that su- is unfortunate he sued the school because they knew about it but told him that as long as it didn't like get, get out. out into this you know into the population <laughs> uh that he wouldn't be fired for it but then um you know when it, when it happened in the school district knew about it they fired him and he um I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was like two or three year salary he got out of the, uh, out of the, you know, suing the school district. Hmm. But I loved that dude, especially, I wrote him an email after I, (laughs) after I found that out where I was like, just something about, oh, I mentioned the day that he flipped out when I had people join the Pen15 club in class. Are you familiar with this joke? Uh uh. It's where you tell people, you ask somebody, it's very childish. It's what you're supposed to do when you're 10, not 18. Okay. <laughs> and senior, you ask somebody if they want to join the Pen15 Club. If they say yes, you tell them they just have to write Pen15 on their hands so they can identify the other club members. And Pen15 looks like penis. Penis, right. So you've just got penis written on your hand. And I had all of the ninth graders in my class, because it was ninth through 12th graders in this arts and crafts class. And I say this to all the, like, the ninth and 10th graders, and they're like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. And me and all my 12th grade friends are laughing like, well, 
they don't know this joke and they all write penis on their hands. And that's the only real trouble I think I've gotten in in school was when that happened was when he like dragged me out in the hallway to fucking scream at me. You can't have people writing penis on their hands. So years later I was like, so while you're yelling at me over having penis on my hands, you're slapping your dick around on the canvas. And he wrote back like, ha ha, like... I had to hide my true identity, and I was like, yeah, I guess you did. So, <laughs> Thanks for making me suffer for it. Indeed. So, all right. Well, um, I guess this has brought us to the end of another Bless Your Heart. Now, I tend to try to end these on some sort of, like, really horrible statement, and I'm going to leave that up to you. So whatever comes to mind is how this ends. A uh, horrible statement of what sort, though? Um, I have made suicide jokes. I've made suicide murder jokes. I've made jokes about dead babies. It just whatever. Let's see. There, here's one joke that... Um, this is the first joke I ever wrote when I started doing comedy. And it either gets a laugh or people look at me like I'm a piece of shit and laugh <laughs> at all. And I don't even, I don't think any of my comedy is like edgy at all. That's not what I'm going for whatsoever. The first joke I ever wrote was, do you, it's an, it's a joke about the movie independence day. And it's, do you think when Will Smith and his wife have a new kid, he punches it in the face and says, welcome to earth. And it's just, <laughs> he does that to the alien in the movie, punching welcome to earth. And I thought it was funny to punch a baby and say, welcome to earth. You've been listening to Bless Your Heart on You Gonna Meow Podcast Network. 